Now, in my experience, growth usually comes from a source of pain or discomfort, which pushes you to try something new or interrupt an old behavior simply because you come to realize that the pain of remaining the same, of remaining who you are and where you are, is far greater than the discomfort it's going to take for you to change and try something new. My intention for this show is to inspire growth within you. So if you want to familiarize yourself with the journey many have taken to drastically change their lives, this is the place to be. Hello and welcome to this edition of the Grow With Moin podcast. I am your host, Moin Zafar, and today I have with me a very special guest. He's, been fe- uh, he's a Forbes-featured TEDx keynote speaker. He's on an Amazon Prime documentary series, and he is the podcast host of a global top 100 podcast called Humans 2.0. Mark, welcome to the show. Moy, thank you so much for having me and thank you to everyone out there for listening. Yeah, so let's dive right into it. So uh, I want to talk about right before when you started podcasting, what was going on um, in your life? What were the circumstances and uh, what actually made you take the leap into podcasting? Yeah, sure. So you know, for me, um, I started my podcast in 2017, towards the end of the year. And previously, before that time in my life. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to this edition of the Grow With Moon podcast. Thank you for all the likes, the subscriptions, the comments. I really do appreciate it. For those of you who want to take it a step further, I am developing a more intimate community on Patreon. Now, patreon.com is a page where you can support some of your shows financially and get amazing perks in return. For example, if you come on to patreon.com forward slash grow with Moin and support my show, you can get access to some bonus content, some behind the scenes content. You can be part of discussions and polls on what topics to bring on future episodes what guests to bring on future episodes, and even have the opportunity to be on the show yourself. So once again, if you're interested in this, head on over to patreon.com forward slash grow with Moin. In 2016, 2015, those are probably my most transformative years in my life ever. And I was 18, 19 years old at that time. And I kind of hit my own version of rock bottom. Uh, hitting this spot in my life where um, I lost the passion to do everything that I love doing. I became depressed. I gained a ton of weight. I was over 200 pounds. Um, I had always experienced social anxiety throughout my entire life uh, from a kid to a teenager. And that turned into social isolation. And so that was kind of my life in 2015 into 2016. And, you know, through different realizations through different people that helped me through incremental baby steps. Eventually I got out of it and I began to like actually try to live the life that I really want to live. Um, you know, always trying to grow myself, um, trying to be of service to other people, uh, just trying to be my authentic self. And, you know, for everyone, for anyone else who's listening, who's also on that journey, you know, that it's very rewarding, but it's also extremely difficult. And so, you know, basically in 2016, 2017, I had a business, 
I was just like literally changing everything about myself. I was rewiring my brain. Uh, I was just doing a ton of new, interesting things. And I honestly was lost. You know, I didn't really have any guidance. I didn't really um, know honestly what I was doing. My business wasn't really working that well at that time. Um, I have, you know, at that time I was also experiencing different problems that I had never faced before. And, And I remember in like the middle of the year in 2017, I was on a run and I was just like, man, I should start a podcast. And it wasn't from like a marketing or a branding standpoint to make myself like a thought leader that didn't even come in my mind. It was just simply the desire of like, Hey, if I've learned anything in my life, it's that, you know, one of the best ways to learn something is to sit down with like a top expert, a a world's leading um, professional in whatever area or topic that you're interested in and just have a conversation with them and, and see what they've been doing as someone in the field. And so for me, starting a podcast was just a systematic way of how I could just you know continuously do that again and again and again and again with all of my podcast guests. So yeah, that's um, that was me before the podcast. Oh, I see. Thank you for sharing that story, man. So you said that um, you tried uh, a lot of new things during that time. So, so before before mid twenty seventeen to rewire your brains. Uh, what were some of the things that you were trying, and who basically uh, inspired you to start uh, trying those new things? Yeah, definitely, man. So, um, you know, when I was at a dark place in my life, when I was at my version of rock bottom, um, I didn't know that I was at rock bottom. Uh, you know, there's this quote that says, you can't see the picture while you're in the frame. Mm-hmm. And so when I was like 18, 19, and 2015, 2016, I had no idea what mindset was. I had no idea that you could actually change your brain. I had no idea whatsoever. And so I remember for me, uh, like a real sort of turning point that I just kind of stumbled on, but looking back at it actually does rewire your brain is, you know, if you recall, I said that I was, uh, I used to be obese, used to weigh over 200 pounds. And uh, I was never really overweight my entire life, but I had kind of just ate, like eating a ton of food uh, during my rock bottom to kind of fill an emotional hole in my soul. And so really what I began to do is I just began to like go on this mission of like, how do I lose weight? Uh, And that's because I only saw the external problem, but I didn't actually realize that there was an internal deeper problem when it came to my psychology, my default behavior, my mindset. And so for me, I was like, okay, how do I lose weight? And so I went on like this whole journey on the internet of (laughs) of, like going on Google and typing in, how do I lose weight? And you know, if anyone's ever done that, um, you'll probably be more confused um, than you were kind of going into it. There's, you know, all sorts of people that say you should follow these kinds of diets, this, 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 and that. And, you know, long story short, I ended up stumbling down, um, this diet called Bulletproof, which essentially advocates for mental performance through a diet that decreases inflammation just by eating, um, natural whole foods, eating a lot of healthy, dietary fiber, uh, eliminating any kind of artificial or processed uh, food or ingredient, anything that comes from a factory. And um, 
essentially I did that and I not only lost the weight, but something really interesting happened. I felt like my brain was open for the first time in my life. I felt like almost like my brain had turned on for the first time in my life. I gained an extreme sense of sort of mental clarity and it was literally just from improving the way that I ate. And so, you know, in my book, Screw Being Shy, I talk about this and I talk about the fact that, um, you know, essentially the quality of your life is determined by the varying degrees and rates that neurotransmitters in your brain are firing. That is what creates our experience. And one of the most interesting neurotransmitters that has to do with a lot of functions is serotonin. Uh, this is often referred to in like the realm of you know mental health, whether someone has too much or too little. Well, if you actually look at the leading research, it turns out that most of those neurotransmitters, serotonin, aren't even in our brain. 90% to 95% are in our gut microbiome, which is a bacterial ecosystem next to our stomachs and intestines. And so, you know, when I was at that point in my life, you know, I was just trying to tackle the physical issue, which was lose weight, eat healthy, feel better, move your body, uh, have great physical health. But what I actually realized is they're mostly the same thing. You know, there's no such thing as a universal diet. It's different for each person, but we do know some universals. Uh, we know that eating anything that comes from a factory, that comes in a bag, that comes in a box, that if you flip over the ingredients and you don't recognize the ingredients and it's something like red six titanium dioxide trip, tryptamine or something like that, mm. it's not because you know, you're stupid or it's not because you don't have a degree in nutrition or science. It's just that these things are artificial. And if you don't recognize them, neither will your body. And when you put them into your body, those can have varying rates of dysfunction. Um, you know, it's also important to note that I grew up with a decent amount of uh, health conditions throughout my entire life as a kid. Uh, issues like with ADD, issues like asthma, issues with my skin, with my bladder, sleeping, uh, with my stomach, with my appendix. And as I started to eat healthy, as I began to like pick up other habits too, like meditation, like sleeping for seven and a half hours, exercising, but primarily eating healthy. I remember I ended up going back to my doctor um, and they did a ton of different tests and they told me that whatever I had before is now gone. And what I really just did was I decreased inflammation in my body, but more importantly, in my brain. And brain inflammation caused by a bad diet can literally cause depression, anxiety, suicide, uh, bipolar disorder, social anxiety disorder. Uh, I mean, we could just keep talking about this for a long time, but at the start of my journey, I'm so glad that I kind of stumbled on nutrition and biochemistry because it's actually, in my opinion, the number one uh, moving fundamental factor that someone can establish as a foundation for their mental health. Mm, wow, so much knowledge there. Um, thank you for sharing that. So your book, Screw Being Shy, when is it coming out? Uh, March 14th. March 14th. All right. So you, you touched on a very, very good point here. You said that your, your growth journey, and from, from my perspective, and what I usually focus on is that growth um, usually comes from a source of pain. 
So when when the when the pain of remaining the same, remaining who you are, basically outgrows the pain it's going to take for you to change and try something new. That's when really growth starts uh, to initiate within yourself, within your mind, within your body. And like yourself, I was in a dark spot too uh, a few years back in my life. And uh, I was tackling questions of identity, of meaning, of purpose. Of, uh, of I was asking myself, you know, how, how does one add meaning in this mechanical process of growing up and becoming who, who you were meant to become? I remember sitting at a, at a cafeteria at my university at the time and watching students rush from one class to another class and then thinking about um, commuting, rushing to work and rushing back to work. And I, I just remember thinking, is that all there is to life? And uh, that basically um, was a time in my life where I was depressed and I was considering, you know, not even finishing and graduating with my degree, telling my parents that who had sent me abroad uh, with their hopes and dreams and obviously financing my education. And uh, I stumbled into uh, spirituality and uh, and uh, mental health myself. So my my way in, my gateway was lucid dreaming. Mm. And yeah, that was something I uh, that really uh, intrigued me and I was really curious about it because it gave me something more to look into, like another reality other than the, the physical reality that, that we live in. And that basically... Um, gave me hope that, you know, that this reality isn't all there is. And uh, I, I dove into that and, uh, you know, read a ton of books and uh, had my first lucid dreaming experience. And uh, it, it felt really good. And while I was, you know, chasing sort of that lucid dream, I, I noticed that I was eating better. You know, I was fasting for, for longer periods of time. Back then, I don't know if a lot of people were intermittent fasting or just mm. people didn't really believe in it. I remember telling it to my parents and, and they, they were telling me that you're starving yourself or you're probably going to die. <laughs> um, but I knew uh, within myself that the, these things that I was trying, it was helping me upgrade myself and helping me become and take me to that next stage of my life as well. So I resonate with your story a lot. So and I want to thank you for, for sharing it so deeply, man. Yeah, of course, man. And um. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, there's all sorts of tools and paths that someone can take in their life. And um, I mean, lucid dreaming is something that I utilize every single day. I utilize intermittent fasting on occasion. Uh, I think it just depends on the person and what their goal is. And um, they can use it as a tool to better themselves. But yeah, that's cool. Yeah, man, for sure. The thing with uh, some of uh, some of the tools that are out there now is that you can you can try them out and experience them from yourself. So it's a sort of an empirical uh, evidence, right? A lot of a lot of people in my groups, they want to focus on the research a lot, which is fair, which is fine. But for me, when something seems intriguing, when I see some results on uh, on people talking about it, experiencing it, I dive straight into it, man. I, I want to experience it for myself and see it for myself. So I did the same thing with. Uh, intermittent fasting. I, I even went on a three-day uh, you know, water fasting journey, which I documented on my social media. It was great. Um, I did the same thing with uh, cold showers and the Wim Hof breathing method, and I immediately felt the benefits. And to me, that sort of knowledge that you can implement and sort of use it to transform yourself right away, that's the knowledge that um, 
that I really, really like. And that's something that I admire about your show too, because you're bringing on world-class leaders in mental health and all these different categories. And the, the knowledge is trial, trialed and tested. And it's basically there for you to either to entertain yourself or you can use it to transform yourself, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, without action, nothing really, uh, nothing really matters. And um... when I used to commute a lot back and forth an hour each way to work, I used to listen to Audible for self-development books and even guided meditations. Now, Audible is an Amazon company and is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audiobooks. They have thousands of titles for you to choose from and they range from podcasts, guided wellness programs, theatrical performances, A-list comedies. You even have access to daily news digests such as the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, and even the Washington Post. So if you're interested in this, head on over to audibletrial.com forward slash growwithmoin to sign up for a 30-day free trial service where you even get to download and keep one title for free even if you decide to cancel after the 30-day free trial period. Now, I do have an affiliate relationship with Audible, which means I get a financial kickback if you join Audible through my affiliate link and make use of this exclusive offer. So once again, if you're interested in this, head on over to audibletrial.com forward slash growwithmoin. And this offer is only available to my listeners in the United States. Yeah, I mean, I think there are definitely, you know, human fundamentals that are universal for each person. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then I also think that, you know, there are some things that may not necessarily work uh, for everyone, even if someone, you know, swears by it. And I think... I think talking about the science can potentially be useful um, to just sort of convey uh, verifiable importance and, you know, say like, hey, you know, cause and effect. If you do this, you're more than likely going to end up like this. Like if you eat the American standard diet, you are more than likely have a small hippocampus. I believe that's what the study proves. And if you also eat American standard diet, you have higher rates of um, mental health instances. You know, there was a study done where they took teenagers, adolescents, and they switched their diet and they removed junk food and they saw a 100% decrease in suicide. Um, And so, I mean, there's just countless um, studies that you can kind of look at and point to show to someone that these are actual legitimate uh, things. So I think there's always sort of two sides to the coin. 100%, I agree. And like you said, um, not everything works for everyone, right? Everybody's different. You know, whatever feels right for you, you have the right to basically go for it, try it with with the proper research, of course. Um, so I want to talk more about uh, your podcasting journey. So when you initially started to podcast, did you do it all by yourself? And at what point did you decide um, that you needed help with it or you needed a, a team so that you can focus on the more important stuff? Yeah, I mean, I was probably like a year in. Hmm. Um, yeah, I did every. Yeah, so I did everything by myself, and uh, I was about a year in. I started it towards like the bottom end of 2017, and by the time 2018 came around, my show had uh, been gaining some success, and um, you know that's when I decided to, um, you know, like you said, branch out and focus on more important things to do in my time. Hmm. With uh, with your book, Screw Being Shy, 
you're obviously passionate about about the subject. <laughs> so what <laughs> what basically inspired you to to talk about this now and and publish this book now? Yeah, so I have a lot of books that I'm going to write in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason why I chose to write Screw Being Shy is because there's just not a book out there um, that exists like this. There's no book out there that um, takes people who have experienced uh, a life sentence of social anxiety, of being shy, of not being themselves, uh, to be able to think about it conceptually and then how to work through the various healing pathways to get that better. Um, there's a lot of books written out there uh, by like psychologists and social behavioral experts on how to you know, help yourself with social anxiety. And I've read some of them and I think some of them are great and they cover sort of the more maybe therapy-based approaches. But in my opinion, they're sort of incomplete. Um, and I think that comes with you know a doctor or a psychologist writing a book on their own very, very specific expertise, um, which I don't necessarily think is a bad thing. And so uh, this book, literally insanely simple to read. It's written in a very common sense way. Um, It includes scientific study on study. It includes different stories from myself and other people that have also gone through this And really, I'm writing this book, or not writing, the book, (laughs) I wrote this book and it's published now because nothing like it just exists. And whenever I go speak at events or people hear me on my podcast and they hear about my story of how I underwent really serious social anxiety, they always ask me how. And I mean, there's, you know, there's like, you know, the, the top three hacks or tips that I can give to people. But at the end of the day, it's like, you know, this is a pretty serious uh, subject and you can't, you can't cover that in, um, in, you know, a paragraph or in an email. And so I was just like, Hey, I'm going to write this book because it's actually going to make my life way easier. Uh, and other people's too, because I can just hand it out to people whenever they ask me that. So yeah. And, and also at the same time, it's like, I'm so much in like the entrepreneurship self-improvement industry. And you know, there's a lot of great people writing great books and that talk about great strategies and sort of great ways to conceptualize things. And there's also, you know, a lot of crap, especially when it comes to just things that we don't necessarily understand about mental health. Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, entrepreneurs just like giving the same old advice of like, you know, you got to work harder. You can't have any excuses. You got to improve your mindset more. You got mm. to, um, you know, you got to put in more effort. And I mean, the matter of the fact is, is entrepreneurs are just largely di- misdiagnosing that uh, when they should be kind of looking at it from a mental health standpoint. And, you know, I kind of look at um, social anxiety and being shy as a real meta problem, meta problem in our society. Because, you know, there's a lot of problems somebody could have, for sure. But I think being socially anxious is probably one of the worst problems that you could ever have. And the reason why is because you can't ask for help. You know, so all of these people that are really struggling with their mental health, and they have social anxiety, and let's say they're even suicidal. And, you know, society's like standard guideline prescription is um, called the suicide hotline or go see a therapist or go see professional help. Well, it's like, what if those people are so socially anxious that they can't even talk to people? What if they can't ask for help? And so 
I'm kind of, you know, talking to top of the expert leaders in this industry. I'm 22. I know people my age talk about, I see sort of the entrepreneurship culture around work and hustle and grinding and work ethic and all this stuff. And I'm just like, wow, nobody's talking about this when in reality, if you just look at the correlation between things like suicide and social anxiety and loneliness, they are so correlated. It's, it's crazy that people aren't talking about this. Um, and so that's why I decided to write the book to kind of shed some light. And I hope that the things that I talk about in this book eventually uh, over, you know, through the course of years become common sense and they become just sort of basic assumed information in our society that, you know, kids in school have that um, bosses at work have that employees have that really everyone has that deals with um, being overly shy or being socially anxious or being a little too introverted. Mm. Yeah, no, uh, thank you for the service that you're doing for 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 mental health because, like you said, not a lot of uh, people are talking about it and. And it's only recently that a lot of uh, focus, some focus has been given to, to, to mental health, I think, uh, and uh, even psychology. I think before, a lot of the focus was on like, our biology, apart from, the, apart from the brain, apart from psychology, because people couldn't really understand it properly, or they couldn't really quantify it. And now we're coming to the stage where, where a lot of focus and attention is going there. And even even things like lucid dreaming, they they became prominent like 20, 30, 30 years ago when they actually started pr proved it, and and uh, now it's slowly but surely coming to the surface. So that's why that's why I love people who who are focusing on the mental aspect of of entrepreneurship. You know, people like yourself, and even uh, uh, Vishen Lakhiani is another person that I follow and who I admire and respect because he. He also focuses on this wholesome approach to, you know, uh, to life and whatever it is that uh, you're trying to accomplish. Uh, if you're not feeling well internally, that's not going to translate well externally. That's so, the truth, man. I just, um, I was just on Mind Valley's podcast like a few hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I actually have one of their programs on my phone that I listen to. <laughs> there you go. Yep. Um, so um, I have a question. So you mentioned uh, being shy and social anxiety and being introverted. So these three things, are they uh, like, uh, they're, they're similar or they're completely different things like being introverted and yeah. being, being, being shy? Is it similar? Yeah, that's a yeah, that's a great question, and I uh, I talk about this in the in in my book first to sort of clarify this, and also in my TEDx talk. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean. You know, introversion and uh, and being an extrovert, you know, those are personality traits. Uh, depending on who you talk to, um, those are largely fixed into who you are from the moment you're born. Um, and however, there is a ton of misconception around them. Uh, the definition of an introvert is someone who predominantly spends most of their attention and time in their own internal world and gain energy from it. An extrovert is someone who predominantly spends their time focusing and gaining energy from the outside world. Being shy is defined as being nervous when you have to talk to people. Uh, social anxiety is essentially that 
being shy, but it happens all the time. Um, there's literally nothing wrong whatsoever with being an introvert. I am an introvert. Uh, I would say most successful people um, are, are introverts. However, there's a big difference between being an introvert and being shy. You know, spending time by yourself um, or doing a lot of your activities alone because that's just how your brain works better versus, hey, I'm, my throat is shaking my forehead is flashing hot whenever I have to talk to somebody. That's shyness. And it's okay to be at times shy. I mean, shyness um, is sort of a spectrum experience, right? Everybody faces shyness to some degree. You know, some people maybe face shyness for like, the first five minutes of a party that they go to and they don't know anybody, but then they sort of work their way out of that shell. So it's totally fine to be an introvert and it's totally fine to have um, occasional periods where you're in new environments and you feel for a temporary period shy. Now, if you are where, if you are to a point where you are always shy, uh, wherever you go, for the most part. And um, every time that you try to talk to somebody in a conversation or you try to say something, your brain tries to talk you out of it. That is social anxiety. Uh, and, you know, 40 to 60% of adults in America report feeling shy on a consistent basis. So maybe some of those people just experience shyness temporarily. Maybe some of those people have social anxiety disorder. And so um, that's the way that I sort of uh, think about it for sure. And, and I mean, it's funny because I didn't even know I had social anxiety until I was 18, until I was in college and I went to my first college party and I drank some alcohol and uh, I, I got drunk for the first time ever. And I was like, um, you know, I could walk up to this person and that person and say, whatever. And, mm. you know, it turns out alcohol shuts down <laughs> the part in your brain that judges social interactions. And so it was from that moment where I realized like, oh crap, like I just put in the chemical in my body and now my brain just reacted in a different way that I've never experienced before in my life. And so I think a lot of people don't actually know that they have social anxiety or that they are uh, shy. And like the craziest part about that is that, you know, the, it, there's this quote and it's, it says that the mind, the mind is the worst prison to be locked into because you don't know where the jail cell ends and starts. And so, um, that's a big part of social anxiety too. It's this matrix that a lot of the times can be unconscious that we don't even know. And yet it places boundaries and around almost every single aspect of our existence. So um, does that make sense? The kind of way I broke down introversion, shy, social anxiety? Yeah, 100%. I, I definitely am a lot more clearer on that now. I was a bit confused before. Um, so yeah, thank you for clarifying that. I have uh, another question about uh, shyness. So I'm a parent. I have a two and a half year old daughter. And, um, mm. and it's just not my daughter. Like things around children. So children, obviously, most of the things that they're facing is new to them, right? So whenever you're at a family event or, you know, uh, mingling them with other kids and, and they're being slow in their interactions, a lot of parents say that oh you know um, he or she is just being shy and then for me it, it could be true up to a certain extent but at one point are we then imprinting a certain belief on on our kids because 
as you know, kids at a very young age, their minds are very malleable. You know, they're, they're, Absolutely. yeah. And, and Bruce Lipton talks about it in his book, mm. Biology of Belief. You know, children between the ages of zero to six or zero to seven, their brainwaves are in a, in a theta state, mm. which is, you know, imagination, but it's also hypnosis. So they're taking in everything that's being mm. done, you know, without any filters, whether it be empowering or disempowering. So is there something like around that? Yeah. Uh, that we can do to basically like, you know, set our kids up in a way that, you know, this label doesn't get imprinted uh, on them as a belief as they grow up. Cause that's something that I experienced uh, as a kid myself, you know, I still remember, yeah. you know, my parents describing me as shy and that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as growing up, uh, you know, in, in social events, I would, I would act like that, you know, shy. And I did probably have some social anxiety around that. Um, so yeah, uh, how yeah. would you, how would you uh, tackle that sort of issue? Dude, I'm literally so glad you, you asked this. This is actually like an entire subsection in my book. Um, similar to you, uh, I would also say the same exact thing when I was young and, uh, whether it was a teacher or a parent or a friend's parent or whoever, mm. you know, saw me like drawing in the corner or something, they would say, Oh, you know, that's Mark. He's just a shy kid. And, you know, really, man, what I've learned is, you know, mimicking off of, you know, what you said about Bruce Lipton, um, you know, if you do not have a strong sense of your self-worth, if you do not know who you are, and that's, that's very, very hard to realize until you're like even an adult. And even then you are just going to internalize and accept whatever you hear around you on default. And so hands down, um, what you just said is a very, very common uh, phenomenon that happens to a lot of people and kids in school. And, um, you know, for me, like, I'll tell you a story. Like, I remember, um, I remember my college roommate, this person I lived with for a few years. And I remember, you know, he kind of like saw my transformation go from a really shy person to um, a not so shy person. And, he was also kind of in that similar boat and I had sort of began to coach him on things that he could do to improve his social anxiety. And like three months into it, he comes and he tells me, he's like, dude, I'm, I'm not even a shy person. I love talking to people. Like, I guess, you know, those teachers and all those things, cause the same exact thing happened to him where people told him, Oh, you're just a shy kid. You're just a shy kid or you're just quiet or whatever that sort of general common saying label is. And, you know, Moin, this, this is something that I really, really want to change. Uh, and this is actually a big highlight to my TEDx talk because you could have somebody that really experiences very severe social anxiety disorder and everyone just writes them off as being shy or being introverted and as a choice that they are choosing. Well, is that really always the case? You know, like I remember for me, the reason why I was sitting alone at lunch, like almost every single day was not because I wanted to be alone or because I was shy or or because I wanted to be an introvert, but it was because I didn't know how to socialize and be myself in front of other people without my nervous system having a panic attack. And Mm -hmm. so Um, that is something that I really, really want to break, uh, down because it's so, so important. And so, I mean, the ways that you can kind of go about that, um, I mean, of course, always, um, you know, preventative care is always better than trying to deal with the issue. And so if you can, you know, tell your kids early on, 
uh, and even help them define themselves, help them gain a sense of kind of who they are, grow their own self-awareness and, you know, kind of find out, even if it's in a very basic level of who they are and who they are not, I think that would be killer. Um, And then also, you know, if you, if your kid is actually shy, if they are maybe a little bit too introverted or they're socially anxious, um, you know, maybe it's a good idea to kind of help them think about that and kind of, um, you know, kind of go through like the different steps that I've talked about and in my book that can kind of help somebody, um, you know, climb out of that. And a big part, a big one, especially for kids is teaching them social skills, right? So mm-hmm. we go, we live in an education system where, you know, they only teach you two, two out of the eight forms of intelligence. And two of those are like literary and also logic with math. There are six other forms of um, intelligence and they teach us about geography and, and trigonometry, but they don't teach you how to talk to people. They don't teach you how to develop your own social skills. They don't teach you when this person looks like this, it means they are like this with body language and vocal tonality. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that is a, a, is a sort of great, um, you know, starting point. And then also, you know, for you being a dad who's also um, faced that issue, just talking with your, your son or daughter um, about kind of your own experience and how you think about it and how there is a difference between being shy, introverted, and being socially anxious um, that you can maybe separate the same way that, you know, um, a kid might break his leg or a kid might, um, or maybe not a kid, but someone might have, you know, a heart attack. You know, I kind of view mental health as that same sort of way but for your brain. And there's nothing to be ashamed about it. It's just like, hey, let's get in front of this and tackle this problem with the right kinds of solutions, with the right kinds of expertise and resources to um, you know, hopefully improve our lives. Um, so I hope that answered your question. Yeah, it did. And uh, uh, that's one of the reasons why I admire what you're doing, because the number of uh, the first step is bringing awareness to these issues, right? And by writing this book, by talking about it uh, in front of an audience, this is what we're doing. So as long as kids and parents are aware that these things ex- exist and they can develop into, you know, in later stages of life and create problems, that's the first step, right? And then the solutions we can come up with. Mike, I want to thank you for, for coming on the show. I hope you, uh, I hope you had awesome. a, hope you had a good time. So um, yeah, before we go, uh, what's one place that people can find you and uh, connect with you? Yeah, man. So I would say if you go to my website, markmetry.com, you will see a link to where you can check out my book, Screw Being Shy, and then all my social media, LinkedIn, Instagram, uh, email, uh, text, all that stuff on my website, M-A-R-K-M-E-T-R-Y.com. Awesome. Thanks. And then your book is coming out March 14th, correct? Bingo. You got it. All right. Awesome, man. Uh, Thanks for being on the show. Awesome. Thank you for having me. No problem, man. Take care. I want to thank each and every one of you for tuning in to this edition of the Grow With Moon podcast. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe to my show so that you don't miss a future episode. Feel free to leave a rating, a comment. If you want to follow me on social media, my Instagram is the Grow With Moon podcast. Once again, thank you and enjoy the rest of your day.